educators have a certain view on on cities, on public space. I guess it also is is a, is a way of exploring the city and making it your your space, your public space. Hi, and welcome to the Cities Reimagined podcast. If you're new here, welcome. You are at the right address to learn about making urban areas better places to live. In every episode of Cities Reimagined, we put together conversations just as the one you're about to hear to leave you inspired and to help you become the best urban change maker you could be. I'm your voice of choice, Johannes Riegler, and this is Reimagining Cities and Urban Communities Through Skateboarding. Since the start of Cities Reimagined, really, I thought about producing at least one episode on skateboarding. The main reason for that is that skateboarders perceive and see urban space around them with different eyes. It is also more than only a sport. It's, for many, a lifestyle which you might start in your youth, but you somehow live with and in for the rest of your life. It is about community and having a great time together, which ultimately is about reimagining those urban spaces and creating a quality to them, giving them a soul, if you will, a meaning, a different purpose, maybe even. So it is about reinterpreting spaces and reimagining on how they could be used. Skateboarding is also a very inclusive sport where it does not matter where you come from, what age you are, what background you're from, and what skill level you have. So I had this idea of doing a show on skateboarding um, and was thinking about the scope of it and the exact framing of it when... I got forwarded a link to an unreleased documentary by Christian Fischer, who's a filmmaker and skateboarder from Vienna. I know Christian because he worked with my partner Mariah on a street art documentary and uh, some 10 years ago. And from some other projects, we work on my day-to-day -day job uh, at JPI Urban Europe. Christian's new project is called El Cerrito, which he filmed in Peru. It should be out when you are listening to this episode. In fact, the, this episode comes out on the same day as the documentary. So I was sitting at home one evening on the couch expecting some well-filmed skateboard action uh, because that's what uh, Christian does. But this documentary is much more than a skateboard flick. It shows what happens when a small residential district of Cerrito de la Virgen loses its skate park and the locals team up with the non-profit organization Concrete Jungle Foundation to build a new one and teach skate lessons to the youth. The Concrete Jungle Foundation is an international non-profit organization that builds skate parks and runs youth development programming in uh, communities around the world so far. They have been working in Peru, Jamaica, Angola and Morocco to promote health and well-being and offer access to education and contribute to community developing through skateboarding. So um, you can follow them on social media and if you like what you are hearing about them uh, on the podcast today, of course you can be so kind and uh, 
put a donation forward to one of the projects, which is much appreciated. El Cerrito is also a film which shows the importance of creating shared spaces and follows a group of skaters working on creating safe and educational environments for small communities in the north of Peru. So I could have not imagined a better fit than having Christian Fischer and Johannes Wimeder on the show on Cities Reimagined to talk about the project, about the community building aspect of skateboarding and uh, of the El Cerrito project as such, and the role of skate parks in communities in general, but also especially in this community in northern Peru. So Christian Fischer is a filmmaker and skateboarder from Vienna, Austria, and Johannes Wimeder, he started volunteering for Concrete Jungle Foundation uh, in Peru and afterwards worked as a project manager alongside Arisa Moreno, the local manager and uh, one of the main actors of the documentary El Cerrito. When he came back to Vienna, he and his colleagues from the Skateboarding Club Vienna started skateboarding projects, courses and events themselves. And currently they are busy working on a new indoor skate park for Vienna. I will leave the coordinates and all relevant links to the two of them in the show notes for this episode. So, so much for the monologue and introduction to this episode. Here it is, the conversation I had with Christian Fischer and Johannes Wimeda on skateboarding and reimagining cities. Enjoy. Hi, Christian and Johannes. It's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Hello, Johannes. Hello. Thanks for having us. Everything okay? You're based in Vienna, both of you, right? Yeah, both based in Vienna. Everything good. A little bit of hard times for skateboarders because of the so, winter months. Because of the because of the winter. <laughs> I mean, not not because of the like cold weather, but because of the wet weather. That's mostly the the problem we have. So. Yeah, yeah. And we currently don't have a, an indoor skate park. Yeah, yeah. It will take a couple of years until climate change will pro- uh, solve that problem, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sad but true. Uh, but tell us, uh, tell a little bit about about yourself. You're both based in Vienna, Christian. You're a filmmaker. Yes, I'm a filmmaker based in Vienna. Um, I grew up on the countryside, like in a little city in Riedem Ingres, which, which is in uh, Upper Austria. Um, and which is also not too far from Johannes's hometown, Völklerburg. Um, so we, yeah, we knew each other since a couple of years already. Yeah. Um, from skateboarding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hung out in skate parks and at skate contests together. Yeah. Didn't really <laughs> know each other, but what? then we we got to know each other in in. Uh, Austria actually when we went to uni together yeah and went skating together yeah and bonded and became friends yeah nice and yeah. Uh, I just learned that we are all geographers yay Johannes how about you <laughs> yeah um yeah I'm based in Vienna um I'm working for the skateboard club Vienna and yeah as Christian said I came to the big city from my little hometown, Vöcklerburg. Uh, 
and yeah that's that's basically it yeah i did a little geography excurs now i was studying lehramt um at, at the university at vienna and had some um uh how you call it city planning lectures yeah uh yeah so i i wanted to speak to you today uh on the podcast uh, regarding your last project or one of your last projects, El Cerrito, which was a project in Peru. But before we get into that, I would be very interested in what, what brought you to skateboarding? Yeah, for me, it was, it was, I don't know, I saw a skateboard when I was a kid the first time and it was a kind of a strange object. I don't know, it was different to a football or to I don't know, bicycle or something. It had it had a funny graphic. It looked funny. It, it, I don't know. It was weird. So I wanted to try it out. I wanted to, um, yeah, to to get creative and and do something with it. And also, I maybe I was looking for something that you can do on your own, like you can do it together with friends. But you can also just go out and yeah, if you if you have time, spare time for one hour, then you just go out and um yeah push push through the streets and i don't know try something yeah and so it was pretty i don't know it was pretty simple i just saw it and wanted to to try it out and didn't think a lot about it but then got hooked immediately as it mostly is and yeah since then i'm rolling around yeah when was that when when did you oh. step on your on the skateboard for the first time mm, for the first time i was i think I wasn't even a kid. I was like 13, 14. So already a little later. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of my friends started really early, but I started mm. a little later. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is that I think I could, I wasn't even able to skate properly. And I already started to build ramps and like, um, yeah, get get some wood and just screw it together and try to yeah. make something like a kicker or some, some, some bank or something to ride on it. Um, the, for me, the reason was actually like a lot of skaters um, when you're young and you are not really good yet or mm. you are not good. And then sometimes you are afraid of going to the skate park. It's a pretty typical skater story. Um, and also I was on the countryside. So, um i just got one or two friends and we started to uh, go in into dad's um workshop and get some screws and some um and a screwdriver and just put together some pieces of wood and that's yeah. how we started to to build ramps actually yeah so since nice. i'm a skater i'm also a builder i would say yeah in my heart not good yeah. but i like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. You shape your own environment for for doing what you like. How about you, Johannes? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's quite the same story. I would I would emphasize the point of you can do it on your own because I was like a super football enthusiast and I was playing at a, a small football club in in Riga, in my hometown, and um, I think it was around that time, like 12, 13, 14. 14 i was like still playing football but already had my own skateboard and i don't know like i had the direct comparison between those two like i really like i still like football a lot but skateboarding just gave me 
more freedom. It was like also the skate park was a super nice place where where there was not really an authority in place or somebody that tells you how to do stuff mm -hmm. or when you have to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was like for me a new a new experience. Yeah. And yeah. as I got older, like I, I quit football because uh, yeah, I love being I loved hanging around at the skate park, like doing my stuff. Also what you said, Christian, about like I could do it whenever I wanted to. Um, and yeah, I guess that's, that's my background kind of. Cool. Yeah. And also skateboarding is really, really about <laughs> seeing cities differently, right? Seeing the urban space differently. Christian, you mentioned that being creative also in not only building, but also probably perceiving what is, what is in the city and the built structures in a different way, uh, how you can use or how you can skate them. Um, How does skateboarding influence how you see urban environments? Yeah, I thought about that quite a lot because that's that's kind of a cliche, which is true to see it differently. But then I thought of, like, let's say, I don't know, little kids seeing a city differently about people who, I don't know, people who um, have bad feet, are disabled, whatever, they see the city really differently in a different way then i don't know depending on which sport you you play or you you practice you see the city in a different way so i guess it's just maybe it's pretty maybe it's an intense way of seeing the city because we have to like um, engage with what we have um so um Yeah, for us, the staircase is something you can jump up and down. It's not it's not like the typical um, usage of the staircase to to walk up and down to get from A to B. But for for skaters, it's mostly something um, you can yeah, use in a creative way. Um, and on top of that, um, if you skate for a while and you see skate videos, you have your your own imagination about how you wanna. Um, how you want to ride with the board and which kind of tricks you want to do, then you you even have a, another level of seeing that because you can extend what you have in the city. So let's say you have a couple of, let's say, four or five stairs up. Um, you just put a piece of wood um, from from the low end up to the, to the um, staircase. You can build something we call a Uh, London gap or Euro gap, and that's something. For example, back in the days in the skate parks, we didn't have that, so we just went out, grabbed a piece of wood, went to the right staircase we found, and then we just built our own spot. And then, yeah, we just ripped it and tried to do some tricks and fail and get hurt. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you, you realize that you have a certain or like maybe a special view on cities when you walk around with non-skaters. Um, like I had that. I remember going through the city with a group of friends and we were like, ah, oh, yeah, this, this building. I can't remember the city now, but they were like, well, Johannes, like there is so many beautiful um <laughs> there's so many beautiful buildings, this this nice architecture, and you just you just staring at this one staircase you know for me it was like wow <laughs> there's like it's such a perfect staircase to like to do something on it so yeah 
maybe it's a bit uh i don't know it's like cities are a bit a playground where you i don't know you get to know different you you get to see different spots and you you imagine wow what could i do what could somebody else do um there yeah yeah but also, yeah go ahead uh it's, it's also not only um how scalable something is like how good it is to to do tricks but also um like it's about the the feel it has to it so if you want to i don't know uh, spend time at a place and spend time at uh, let's say a, a parking lot so there's certainly parking lots where you want to stay your, your whole um, holidays if you are a kid for us at least we did um, <laughs> and there's other parking lots where you don't want to hang out because it's just just doesn't feel good mm-hmm. yeah so it's a little transcendent in a way <laughs> yeah i really like that because it, it has so many layers to it you in, i ask you if how you perceive space and christian you answered in how you how you engage with space and how the quality of a space is how a, a space feels so this is and, and how you shape the space also with uh, simple methods with simple um changes to spaces that it that they become uh, scalable so you you create and interpret this space uh in in your own way um i found it super cool uh johannes i would uh, be interested in um in your work with skateboard club vienna and the concrete jungle foundation tell us a little bit about that so concrete jungle foundation is a non-profit organization that focuses on creating social change through skateboarding and does um, skateboarding projects all over the world, um, builds up skate parks, uh, works together with the local community, and uh, yeah, thrives to um, to hand over those projects uh, at one moment to the local community. Hmm. So I, I, w- I would just start in Peru because I was I had which is maybe a good thing to start off. Like there was there was something like a, a academic forum on skateboarding, which is called, like it was the first time in London, I think 2019. And I've seen there were, there was numerous organizations, associations um, which presented their work. And I've, I've, I've seen a photo um of a school where they did um, skate-related pedagogic work, and and that was actually uh, a stand from Concrete Jungle Foundation. I was like, immediately, wow, um, this this looks great to me. Like, I want to know more about it. And I started um, talking to Tim, and he is the programs director at Concrete Jungle Foundation, and he developed a pedagogic curriculum of how to uh, learn life skills through skateboarding. And yeah, we started chatting. um, And then I ended up in Peru, like at that, at that project, like I, uh, after finishing my studies, I did a volunteering um, and I wanted to work at that school. Um, But unfortunately, the school got destroyed at the moment I came there. Uh, wow. So we we kind of changed the whole plan and there was like there was a small youth center um in Cerrito de la Virgen um in in the north of Peru 
Um, yeah, we don't know where we are, right? Uh, in north of Peru, next <laughs> to Trujillo, which is like the uh, third biggest city um, in Peru. And I started work, like we started um, working together with the youth center, did some skateboarding classes and community activities. And I got to know a lot of locals there who were super into the work with skateboarding, like skaters themselves. Um, yeah, and we like kind of formed a team and and it was at that time where Corona hit, like COVID-19. And it kind of accelerated a, a team building process. Mm -hmm. So like we basically couldn't do nothing, but like as a team sit together, think about what we could do there um, with skateboarding, um, like with the scene in Trujillo and also locally in Cerrito de la Virgen together with the, um, with the small youth center. Yep. And that's kind of the story how it, how it came up. Cool, and I was um, I was lucky enough to have a sneak preview of your latest documentary, Christian, which is fully about uh, this project in uh, called El Cerrito, and it's a it's a, such a fascinating documentary because it really shows what Johannes what you just described this uh, community building, this uh, role skateboarding can have for a community uh, in. A disadvantaged neighborhood. I think I guess it was disadvantaged. Um, and how how the community engages in the process of building the skate park, and then also uh, at the end, um, being handed over the skate park. It's a it's a really cool, um, not only story, but it it documents so well what social and community power uh, skateboarding can have. Right. But tell us a little bit about the the community or the the place where the documentary is filmed. Um, I I got from the documentary that, that the people had to flee or had to be moved because of a flood, because the a flood destroyed their home, so it was not safe to live there anymore. Tell us a little bit about the background. Yeah, so the background is even for me is a little um difficult to to understand, but as far as I know, um like houses were built or they, they had a lot of property there uh, and the, mm -hmm. the government kind of um, gave them the space to to flee from the um, from the flood destroyed like the El Nino destroyed um, neighborhoods or, or homes mm -hmm. so that's how um, I don't even know if all the people came from a, this, a similar area or if they knew each other before or if it's like they maybe just spread out, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, Nino. I remember Risa talking about it as, as like, like Cerrito is the story of, uh, a story of displacement and replacement. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. pe people were displaced because of, of the El Nino phenomena and were promised new land. But it was rather like saying, you um, you lost your home, but uh, like, here is some piece of land where you can, start over again so yeah and the problem is that it was like there was not a lot of infrastructure or maybe still is not but yeah i think they just put them there and mm. then afterwards slowly started to um to to build the infrastructure which you need in a um yeah quite big neighborhood mm. um and on top of that next to the, the place which you can also see in the documentary like the first frame you see 
um, which is the El Cerrito, which means a little mountain. It's like a sacred place where people go to pray, to play, um, yeah, to celebrate. And in front of that, there's a field of just broken bricks and like stuff lying around. And this piece of land was actually also a neighborhood where people lived, but they had to um, they had to get out because um, the government or somebody found um, like old uh, what is it uh, Inca remains mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So that's the next thing. So mm-hmm. people were living there just their normal lives, and then I had to <laughs> get out because somebody found something on on this property. Yeah. Which is yeah a weird weird um, feeling. Uh, How it is, right? For me, it's also super. Although yeah. I, I was staying there for quite a long time, it's like still not really transparent to me uh, how things are going there. Yeah, I would I would I'm guess there. that uh, it is one challenge to to build that up the infrastructure and the houses and so on. But the other challenge is to build up. The identity of a space or this this whole uh non so tangible things you have in a city you know a city if you if you if you just uh build houses also you need to fill it with life and uh with a certain identity which you which you uh can perceive or which you can create in a way you have to build the space as well and how did you work with the people in the community over there how did that process go and it was um at first started um i guess that there was a uh, an uh a charity organization called uh otra cosa network that was um uh, founded to uh how could you say um to do projects in el cerrito which is close to uh to uh to Urnchaco, which is a smaller town right uh, next to the beach um and they did uh, charity projects there. And one project was a small, um, uh, a small skate park. I think it started with a, with a mini ramp back in the days. Like it was, and they named it La Rampa. And that's where I got to know the place. So there was um, afternoon program with uh, tutoring, with um, English classes at this small youth center. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I came there and started uh, teaching skateboarding uh, together with locals that have been engaged already at the project at the school um, in Trujillo. Yeah, and it was always like a super nice. It was a super nice vibe. Like you came there and you knew La Rampa will open at 4 p.m. and there were already kids lined up. Um, before the uh, like in front of the youth center and that was also kind of the the origin of the like the story we're telling in the documentary because this place just closed because they couldn't get the lease for the for the property anymore and like uh i think a woman just moved into that property which is still now the same so she <laughs> is like a beautiful garden which is concrete and ramps <laughs> but she's living there yeah. and i guess she doesn't skate maybe she started now <laughs> um yeah and that's how how the um the plan was um was being built up for the new 
for the new skate park, which is yeah. just next next door. So it's like yeah, one. it is a small or how large is the plot? You see it in the documentary very well. It is a couple of hundred square big. meters, two acres. I I don't know. I, I guess it's like two hundred and fifty square meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. And how? Tell us about this, or guide us a bit through the documentary. How does how? What do you see there? I mean, for me, it was important to um, to show a lot of the inside process of um, how it is to 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 bring together a group of people and do it in a like rather democratic way to to get to decisions. I mean, in this case, it's a lot of creativity involved because you need to to um, plan the ramps you need to plan the um, the height you need to plan the angle um, all that stuff and also what kind of ramps you want to build there um, which is difficult if you have a lot of different um, skill levels uh, mm -hmm. wanting to, to skate there so in this uh, special case everybody knew that it would be um, for kids in the first place so um, for little kids who come from the community, who, who start skateboarding, who you can do um, workshops with. Um, but on top of that, it should also work for the for the better skaters, I would say, who sometimes come from the neighboring cities, come there to skate because there's not a lot of skate parks in general in, in this area of Peru. Um, yeah, so it was it was an interesting process to to bring these people together and just uh, listen to them talk about that and, and try to uh, cut together that authentic story of, of how they came to, to decisions and to let's do it this way and um, let's do it uh, a little bit slower because otherwise you're going to hit the wall and yeah, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would add the background info that, that CGF like concrete jungle foundation was working on a, planting the seeds apprenticeship program that started before we went to the mm -hmm. construction site, let's say. So um, a few of the locals were involved in the designing process of the skate park already. Mm -hmm. So there was... What is this uh, planting know. the seeds uh, approach? Yeah, the planting the seeds approach is, I guess, that's like at the core of what Concrete Jungle Foundation does um, is providing know-how, space, and resources um, to let people learn, uh, like if it's if it's teaching skateboarding or building a skate park, I guess yeah, like like that. Uh, in some way, in some way, this is this is what Concrete Jungle Foundation is dedicated to, like to give people the. I'm missing the English word right now, but capacities probably the, the capacities. Yeah, it's yeah. it's about capacity building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess it's it's a lot about capacity building, and I guess the planning the seeds apprenticeship program is uh, represents that super well. So we had a um, few people on board. We did workshops of, well, what do you have to consider when planning a skate park? Um, like the concept, like conceptually, then I don't know. Like you also get to like hard skills of okay how do you do you build that up um, how, how do you how do you use those tools how do you mm -hmm. use tools um, how does like the you know chemistry of like concrete work you need the 
gravel and the sand and the water and how is like how do you mix that together to get a certain consistency to build whatever you want and then yeah also mm-hmm. all the materials you need the wood you do the um the metal part yeah so so the the planting the seed idea is that you that you build together do it by um, do it together with the local community and then build the capacity there that they can take this knowledge up and this expertise up and uh, take it further, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And so that they can choose what they want to do. So you don't teach them something and then they have that, but you try to be as holistic as possible and, and leave the decision to them what they want to um, take and what they want to keep on doing, or maybe nothing, maybe it's only for learning, maybe it's only for fun, um, maybe they want to make a profession out of it, which some of them already do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just giving them like a broad field of opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the documentary in El Cerrito, you see that... Uh... The community is really engaged in the project. Also, that uh, when at the end of the documentary, when the skate park is is open and there's a lot of kids going around, and there's one, I believe he was uh, a teacher or a skateboarding teacher who got really emotional about uh, about his chance to have a skate park again and to to teach kids because I think that was that was very important to him. How would you say that this the project in Peru or El Cerrito increases increased the uh, quality of life for people or this also the skills the skateboard um, the skills to skateboard but also to build skate parks skill wise you can see it already uh, we haven't been there for when was it when did we film it two, two years ago mm-hmm. um, and you can see the the clips the kids put on on instagram and social media and you can already see like how how crazy they skate already yeah yeah, the, the little kids we know from from back then, which like who who couldn't push back then, and now they doing proper tricks and doing crazy stuff. Um, so this is definitely um, a real improvement because they they have a place to go every day. They can go there. They they're living next door. So where else would they go if they want to skate? Of course, they go mm-hmm. there. It's not about competition. I mean, there's always a little competition involved, but it's not about like uh, um, yeah reaching certain goal or something. But it's it's rather about um, going there, meeting up, putting some music, um, also inviting the kids, and then just behave it uh, like uh, like you do on a normal skate park. You, mm-hmm. It's it's it has a beautiful randomness to it because there's no no guidelines or no nothing, but you just play together and you have a group of people together. It's like social interaction. Um, sometimes the old mother from somebody comes by and brings some whatever cookies or something. So it's like a um, it's a crazy mix. It's not not only about doing sports or something, but it's a yeah, it's just a fun fun place, I guess. And how does that make you see uh, feel when you when you now see uh, two years later kids doing tricks? Is that is that what drives you? Yeah, it's super rewarding. It's super rewarding. I'm super excited. Like I'm following all the updates, and I'm always super hyped when on social media I see new clips coming out, and uh, also yeah, seeing kids growing up and being super hooked about skateboarding, and yeah. 
you see them that they are happy and uh, they have good times at the at the youth center. I guess that's I guess that's the most important part of it. Yeah, and what we haven't mentioned is that they they are still doing a lot of um, workshops besides um, skateboarding. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they they do have environmental classes. They have I think some kind of create creative classes um they do like english classes english and yeah and i think singing something singing classes yeah yeah so they do all kinds of stuff and uh, they already decorated the place really nicely mm -hmm. uh, painted the walls and yeah also did a little gardening so it it looks different now yeah yeah Super nice. I, I absolutely love, again, the, the documentary because it shows that you do not uh, only create the space uh, by building the actual ramps, but by actually doing it with the community, you produce this intangible um, identity of the space, which is then taking, you, you plant the seed then for um, what you just described, that there is a bigger um, a bigger program now around it with English classes and environmental courses and so on. Um, Going a little bit back from from this very project um, to skateboarding as such in in or the role of skateboarding for reimagining cities. What what how do you perceive that? How would you describe the role of skateboarding for reimagining cities and neighborhoods? There can there can skateboarding contribute to uh, creating producing these these qualities for hanging around or for using public spaces differently. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess I think skateboarding is is about um how you call it um, space appropriation or like it's about mobility and, and appropriation. I guess you like as we've been talking from the like that skaters have a certain view on on cities, on public space. I guess it also is is a is a way of exploring the city and making it your your space, your public space, because you have a certain way to use it and you feel you can identify with some places. So it is something where people, spaces that they can identify with and like hang around and make it their space, which also has like super, super cool side effects as also for, mm -hmm. I don't know, politics. I mean, skaters, skaters that have their certain space, whether if it's, um, that spot in Graz or Karlsplatz in Vienna, mm -hmm. um, skaters care about their spaces. Like they, they um, care for trash. They, they make it a safe place. They make, yeah. make it a vivid place. So yeah, I guess it's a very good point because you you know when you have a, a crowd of skateboarders, you is perceived in a very different way, right? So this this angle that uh, by having skateboarders on a space that uh, that they increase safety or the perceived the subjective uh, feeling of safety is a very interesting <laughs> angle yeah. yeah yeah for some people it's the opposite because it's loud and it's dangerous yeah but yeah, yeah. that's how it that's how it's how it is yeah but the the, the cool thing is that if you have spaces like um like the cast plots as johannes uh, mentioned um you can you can go there and you can be sure to to meet somebody you know so and like without having to call each other you go to a place and you know it's not a skate park it's not a it's not built for that it's just a statue or whatever but still you go there um 
and you meet people who do the same thing as you and maybe have the same mindset and you hang out and um, it's like a yeah interesting way of, of a gathering space yeah do you have the feeling that um, how you are perceived or how your work and your or work and also just just skateboarding per se is perceived by local public administration by city administration how how is your feeling that they perceive that um, that this this uh, role of uh, potentially community engagement um, creating communities um, planting the seed um, creating mm -hmm. safety is that in 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 Vienna or in any other country is that perceived as such a role or is it more perceived as Oh, we have a community of skaters. They're ruining ruining our curbs. We need to build a skate park so that they are pushed into that area. <laughs> That's tricky, but all in all, I I think at at least speaking of Vienna, I have the impression that uh, the city cares about that, and the city cares about um, involving skaters into um, the buildup of of public space. And I guess that's super cool. Um, that they involve different actors, um, people that actually use space um, and ask, how should we build that up? There was mm -hmm. one project in uh, in the ninth district at Anne, Anne Carlson Skate Park. Christian did a video for that. Um, <laughs> and it was super cool because um, we worked together with younger kids uh, and youngsters uh, to build up a small skate park. And they were involved in that in that process, and same as it comes for the skate park in Cerrito, when you involve the the people that use those spaces, the the spot the the skate park gets uh, gets gets identity, and and, mm -hmm. and people start caring for it. Um, city administration uh, wants to see that happen. Like there is mm -hmm. more and more uh, participative uh, projects going nice. on. Nice, yeah. Cool. Coming slowly to an end, what are three things you would suggest to anybody who wants to change anything in their city? Maybe don't <laughs> ask, don't ask too much. <laughs> don't maybe ask too much and apologize later. So yeah, maybe something like this. Maybe go to the internet and look up how to mix a bag of concrete and find something and put it there. Yeah, that's maybe <laughs> maybe one approach, <laughs> which yeah, which I like. Nice. I would sign that. I think this is a good way to go. Um, I don't know. Maybe like in my case, it was also seeing how it's done in other cities and maybe bring it to your city. Get to learn how it's done in other places, and if you like it, bring it home and and do it. And as Christian, maybe don't ask too much. Yeah, yeah form a community, get, get together, form a community, and also re reach out to the right people. And then, um, yeah, I think it, there's a lot possible if you have motivation and not like try not to, to wait too much until something happens because, yeah, it, it mostly doesn't happen if you don't start it or if you don't just um, reach out to. I don't know, politics or somebody or somebody, some neighbor who has a space and just, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. nice. Motivation nice. is a big, big topic. Yeah, I guess. I guess motivation and maybe don't start it too big, like, mm. like to grow grow something naturally and start with like a small project, mm. a super small scale project and then take it from there. Very good. What's next for you? 
Uh, what's next for the documentary and uh, what are your next projects? So the documentary is going to be, um, yeah, we just put it on a couple of film festivals and did some screenings all over the world. Um, and now it's time to put it on the internet, which means that it's there for everybody to uh, to view. And I'll um, link that uh, in the comments or in the exactly. description. Thank you very much. Um, and for my next projects, yeah, I'm doing some smaller projects right now. Also a lot of um, interesting stuff, uh, music videos and a little um, project where I have a lot of old um, Super 8 footage, which I got. Um, it's a couple of it's maybe 12 hours of footage, which I digitalized and uh, now try to cut something nice out of it it's not don't don't have a real plan yet but it's going mm -hmm. to be a lot of work and i'm going to release it in i don't know this year for sure yeah nice and for you johannes <laughs> uh my next big project is moving into a new flat um and <laughs> that's uh, usually a big one indeed <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing is uh, moving into a, in, into an indoor skate park. Like the Skateboard Club Vienna is currently um, working on the new indoor skate park. Um, and Christian uh, will follow this whole process also with his camera. Um, yeah, so, and we're, there's a lot of work to do, but we're super hyped that uh, yeah, we can work on that project. Super yes. nice. Thank you so much for joining today. I, I absolutely love this these conversations because it uh, it shows again that there is so many uh, in in urban transitions. There are so many angles to it which you do not uh, perceive as such uh, in the first place. But that there are so many people who really drive change, who really build communities, who really, um, yeah try to push a different angle on, on urban transitions. And I find that super fascinating. It was super cool to talk to you. Um, I would advise everybody to watch the documentary because then it becomes so much clearer what we talked about today. Um, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That was fun. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you get an appetite for watching El Cerrito now. Uh, you find the link to the full documentary in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe to Cities Reimagined, leave a thumbs up or rate the show on your favorite podcasting platform or reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email that is uh, johannes at anthropocene.city. That's all for this week. My name is Johannes Riegler and I hope to catch you soon.